0: Listening to Just Means Last ACC podcast with your host, Micah from fifth quarter and Dan from ACC content. Dan, we've lost an ACC game this week, but the slate is still pretty solid. And we get a little uh, Friday night lights here in the ACC.
1: Yeah, Friday night lights. And Clemson Notre Dame probably takes care of everything. Um, I mean, the good, I guess, the one positive of that game being canceled is um i mean i guess we weren't gonna watch much of it anyway being so dialed into the other primetime game in clemson notre dame louisville virginia is kind of gonna go under the radar And now we get more focus on it next week but yeah this this game between top five teams i mean it's definitely the game of the year and it really defines i guess it kind of both programs' reputation is on the line. Not really Clemson, but Notre Dame's program could. Their reputation, especially playing in the ACC this year, could improve heavily with a win against Clemson this Saturday.
0: Absolutely, I agree. I think, I think if Notre Dame beats beats Clemson, it might uh, it might start swaying some of those boosters at Notre Dame that maybe they should join full time for football because. That feeling of winning a conference championship game is pretty great, and I think if Notre Dame gets a chance to get a taste of that, they're going to they're gonna be all about it, I think, but we'll see. Um, I'm ready to just dive right in here, Dan. Uh, start off with what could have been probably a little bit more fun of a game if uh, Devin Leary was in the starting lineup, but we've got 11th-ranked Miami heading to Raleigh to take on NC State. Miami is a 10 and point favorite uh, in this one, and kicks off at 7.30 on ESPN. And, I mean, if Devin Leary was in this game, I would be picking NC State. But I'm actually still picking NC State, Dan, and here's why. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the preview a little bit here, but I just want to get this rolling with a hot take, I guess you can say. Miami and Manny Diaz off a of bye. I've said it before on this podcast. They have never won a game off a of bye. They lost. technically leading into the season, after that Florida game, they had a bye week, and then they go on to lose to UNC. They also left lost to IFIU. They lost to Virginia Tech, and they lost to um, Louisiana Tech, all with gaps in between games in a season. And then, you know, we're throwing in Miami off a bye. Yeah, get, give me every opportunity to take the, uh, the underdog here, because, again, Miami just loves doing it. I mean, I get it. It was Clemson this year, but guess what, Dan? Off the bye before that one. Got blown out on that one. Manny Diaz has never won off the bye. And even though NC State is down uh, Devin Leary, I still think that Bailey Hockman or uh, Finley, Ben Finley, can do it for the Wolfpack here. So I'm going to pick NC State in an upset just because of the bye week thing.
1: All right. Well, I mean, the thing is, if I would have to look at Manny Diaz's stats at Temple to see, like, if that was a trend because I know – it might just be a one-year thing, or Manny Diaz, if he's done it for years now in his entire coaching career, might just be a terrible coach off the bye. I don't know, but, yeah, I'm I'm taking NC State against a spread, but I won't pick the pack outright because of their whole um, quarterback situation. Um, nobody has knocked off Miami yet aside from Clemson, but they haven't had a chance – But they haven't had that signature win yet, so I think NC State has a chance to – be the first to knock him off. But like I said, the whole quarterback situation kind of has me skeptical. I don't think that they have any stability there. I mean, it'll look like um, it'll be Bailey Hockman with some Ben Finley packages mixed in, but either way, I like Miami better because, you know, we know what we're going to get out of their offense, D.R. King. Um, I mean, Yes, there's good DR King and there's bad DR King, but the difference between good DR King and bad DR King is much different than the difference between Devin Leary and any Bailey Hawkman we're gonna get. So and then at the same time, there's also no position group that stands out that NC State has a glaring advantage in over Miami. So that's just why I'm gonna take Miami outright. But again, like Miami hasn't had that signature win yet. I don't even think this would be it, but because I, they really haven't impressed me mightily. I do think NC State has a chance, and I will take them against the ten and a half point spread.
0: You see, my, you're spot on, Dan. I mean, obviously, I'm calling the NC State upside here, and I'm only, I'm seriously only calling it because of Miami's uh, inability with Manny Diaz off the spread. Again, Manny Diaz only has been a head coach for Miami, so technically, like in his head coaching career, he's never won off the buy, but. Miami is the better team all around, better at the core vision, better at the skill positions. I mean, better defensively. This this is a game Miami should win, but like we kind of talked about with Virginia Tech a little bit, you know, Miami loves to disappoint you when you go, oh yeah, they should win this game. And you look at it too. I mean, Miami has not looked good the last two weeks that they the last two games. I guess they had a bye week, so but last two games they've played, and those were against backup quarterbacks too. And as much as I hate to uh, to take shots at Lindell Stone and um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank here. Pitts quarterback Dan, Joey Yellen, Joey thank you, Joey Yellen. Uh, I think Bailey Hockman's better than both of those. So with that being said, I mean talking about five point and twelve point losses for those two guys, you know Yellen and, uh, and Stone. Part of me kind of thinks that Bailey Hockman could do this. Plus, again, those two games were in South Florida with whatever Miami fans showed up. Where now it's going to be, you know, I think it's three thousand or four thousand, something like that's the number, and of NC State fans in attendance. So, yeah, uh, there's no reason to pick <laughs> pick the Wolfpack here. Minus just the fact of Miami's going to Miami somewhere or another. The ACC is going to ACC, and. Off the bye week, Manny Diaz, I will always bet against him. So that's only my only reasoning for state here. And I mean, Bailey Hockman's going to have to outplay Derek King, which probably won't happen. But again, just the way things have been with Manny Diaz off the bye in Miami, I just and my buddy is a diehard Miami fan. We joke about it all the time. It's just no matter what, Miami, Miami could literally be playing the worst team in the in the FBS. Yeah. I, Louisiana Monroe and they'd probably still find
1: a way to lose that game so
0: yeah I'm just gonna gonna stick with trends here and if it's wrong I mean it's good for the ACC it means that we have another top 10 team probably in the conference which is clutch but on the other side you know I just I think this is gonna be that Dave Doran's signature win to save his job for sure and, and it's gonna be another question mark of is Miami ever gonna be anything again
1: yeah I think aside from the quarterback situation, like a theme will be feeding the backs. See how both of these teams running backs could get going. Because if you look at NC state's backs, uh night in person, and then especially Cameron Harris, remember they all started the year super hot. We were saying how they were one of the better backs in the ACC and they've really, really come back back down to earth. So I want to see like if they could get established and, um, I think NC state needs it more, but either way, like you can't have a one dimensional offense. So that'll be key. Um, But I think like NC state has a good offense around uh, Bailey Hockman or Ben Finley, whoever is going to end up taking most of the snaps as of now it'll be Hockman that starts once again, I'll say that, but um, it seems like they have a good offensive line. They have good receivers and Hawkman just has to get it to them. So um, I think that if he's able to use, utilize their talented pieces, then that'll be key. Then the passing game could get going. If not, it's probably time to make a change. What I'm trying to say is that like the NC state offense is good and underrated enough so that you don't really need an elite or even like an above average quarterback to thrive, but you need competence at any, for any team. So that's, what i'm saying and um if that happens then nc state has i'd probably bet them to win the problem is i'm just i don't see bailey hawkman being good enough
0: yeah i i agree again i'm just i'm predicting the the weird to happen that's really my only comfortability or something strange is going to happen and that's why i'm going to go with the wolf pack here but yeah, I mean, if you're just basing it purely off of what we've seen from these two teams, especially now knowing NC State, obviously, is without Devin Leary, I agree wholeheartedly there. This game will be close, but I think Miami should win. But, again, it's going ride to the, ride the trend here. But I say we move on to, unfortunately, I mean, it's obviously not the best game in the ACC, but I want to call it game of the week light, if that's okay with you. Um, with 25th ranked Liberty heading to Blacksburg for an in-state rivalry, I guess in this case, in Commonwealth rivalry, uh, with Virginia Tech and Liberty going head to head, with Liberty being the ranked team, the undefeated Flames. Our 14 and a half point dogs is actually opened at 19 and a half points in favor of Virginia Tech. I mean, Dan, this spread feels a little high. I know we're both, you know, high on Virginia Tech, but 14 and a half against a ranked team like Liberty is, is interesting to me. What, what are your thoughts on this game uh, on Saturday?
1: Yeah. So Liberty beat our own ACC's Syracuse by 17 points. So this is really not going to be a joke of the game at all. I think you're in very good understanding of that. Um, plus the 25 next to Liberty's name kind of explains that too. I am still confident that Virginia Tech wins. I think, they're simply the better team. Um, I mean, the old Virginia Tech system, defensive system, struggled most against running quarterbacks, and Malik Willis, who is Liberty's quarterback, who is very much run heavy, um, will be what powers the Liberty offense. The only thing is the new Virginia Tech defensive scheme, we haven't really seen much of, of a running quarterback against them. So I'm not really sure what to make of it, but I'm just going to look at it on paper and Virginia tech is the more talented team. They're the more capable team. Um, so I'm going to take them to win, but I don't think it is quite a margin of 14 and a half points. So give me um, Liberty plus 14 and a half, but Virginia tech outright. Yeah. Um, man.
0: I, I'm a little, I'm a little, perturbed here because I genuinely think Virginia Tech should win this game but again I, I am shocked I thought for sure you would see I mean obviously the Liberty fans on Twitter are saying Liberty's going to win but there's not a lot of national like oh Liberty's going to pull this upset kind of thing everyone's kind of like ah, oh, Virginia Tech's a better team like Liberty's going to get exposed because they haven't played anybody this year I get a little concerned about that we've seen Virginia Tech's I wouldn't say inability but They've struggled when it comes to playmaking quarterbacks. Obviously, Sam Howell had a fantastic day. Um, The rush defense has been better, but has had some some tough days. And Malik Willis is going to be a handful to to, to kind of contain for Virginia Tech. I think it's not the best quarterback, of course, Virginia Tech has played. That would be Sam Howell. But it's probably the best. I, I would almost argue, Dan, that Malik Willis is better than Michael Cunningham when it comes to being a mobile quarterback. And I think that could potentially throw Virginia Tech off kind of good works out pretty well for Virginia Tech, considering they get Liberty and then they get Miami. So they're going to get back to back weeks of those mobile quarterbacks between Willis and King. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you. What you said, Dan, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech, to win here. I do think Liberty is going to cover uh, 14 and a half seems like much. Honestly, I could probably see Virginia Tech winning by 14, so that's probably where that, that little hook is coming in handy for for this one. So I will go with Virginia Tech to win. But that again, this is one of those concerns. When I pick Virginia Tech to win, Dan, they always find a way to lose. So I hope I'm wrong this time around. But I do think that Khalil Herbert should be able to rush for, honestly, at least 150 against this Liberty defense. That's, again, not really faced anybody of note, especially when it comes to running the football. I mean, they have not really seen Anybody, I mean, the leading rusher in their games have been Malik Willis with 97 yards rushing, Malik Willis with 87 yards rushing. Like, they just haven't done enough for me to genuinely think that they're going to be able to slow down Khalil Herbert in this one.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think Khalil Herbert's going to have a field day on the ground. The thing that's scary though is Liberty hasn't played anybody, but they've outscored their opponents by 100 points this year. So, Syracuse remains their best win on the schedule, but um definitely not something to take lightly i'll be dialed in i hope that virginia tech makes it so that's not interesting but if it is i think there will be some excitement just because it'll be really interesting to see kind of how you know the commonwealth i guess is now a tournament this year because there's kind of three teams and i wish virginia played liberty because then we could really crown a champion in the um Commonwealth of Virginia rather than just a transitive property champion but either way I I just think Virginia Tech wins um it couldn't get to a high scoring game um it really could turn into a shootout and if that's the case Virginia Tech has just shown me that they've there's so many ways they could produce on offense and they could score tons of points against Liberty defense and you know their defense hasn't been great themselves but they can make stops. Um, the only game where they really couldn't make a stop was the UNC game. So, and UNC is not nearly, or uh, Liberty does not have, n- not does not have nearly the offense that UNC has. So, yeah. I mean, do you have anything else to say about this? You want to maybe provide a little more on Liberty? I mean, we kind of covered a lot of it again when they played Syracuse, but I know you're, very big into kind of like the group of five levels. So I'll let you kind of finish this off.
0: I mean, I, I don't want to take shots at Liberty here, but they have played the teams they have beaten Dan, I don't know if you've seen the, the records of the teams they have, they have beaten. Let's just say they have less wins than, or sorry, just as many wins as Virginia tech has on the season. So Liberty has played a Western Kentucky team that. Honestly, should be good, but has not been very good. Um, FIU, who honestly has only played like three games, they get COVID every other weekend. Um, North Alabama is not a very good FCS team. Louisiana Monroe is probably the worst team in the FCS. Um, Obviously, Syracuse, which we talked about, and worst team in the conference by far. And then we're talking about a Southern Miss team who, I don't know if you knew this, Dan, when they played – their coach left. <laughs> They're on, they were on their, they fired their coach, or sorry, he resigned after their week zero game. And they brought in, they promoted someone within the staff to interim. He has now left for Austin P. So now they are on their third coach of the season. So Liberty has played nobody, Dan, to be honest with you. Syracuse is the best team they've played. And I mean, they won that game pretty handily, but I generally think Virginia Tech would win that game very handily as well. So when it comes down to, I mean, Malik Willis is fantastic. I can't wait to see what he can do. But, yeah, I'm I'm not fully sold here on uh, some sort of big performance from the – excuse me, from, from Liberty in terms of just what they can do. I mean, offensively, they are, again, a, a very phenomenal team between obviously the quarterback position. But, I mean, Joshua Mack at running back, a senior, he's phenomenal. Um, he really could – you know, keep Liberty in this game. if Virginia tech struggles to slow down the run game Um at receiver. I mean, they're not, they're not what they were, of course, you know, obviously when they lost uh, Danny golden from last year, a honestly absolute stud over there in Lynchburg, but again, DJ Stubbs is a very solid piece as well. So kind of keep on, uh, keep an eye on him to maybe have a day, but I mean, truly on paper, Dan, Virginia tech is the better team. And I, I, I think Virginia tech should be able to expose Liberty for really not playing anybody this season.
1: Yeah, they should. The only thing is about Liberty, not playing anybody is, you know, they haven't proven so that they're like predominant and that they could beat Virginia tech, but they also haven't, they also haven't proven that they haven't, that they can't beat Virginia tech. So that's the only thing that worries me, but um, yeah, I, I agree on paper. Virginia tech should win. Um, and it would probably say more about Liberty, if anything, if they win. Obviously, that won't be the media narrative. But, I mean, I don't know. Group of Five is very talented this year. And, well, we've already lost two. I guess I'll excuse Georgia Tech for losing to UCF. But, I mean, we, we had Syracuse lose to Liberty, and we don't want another one with um, Virginia Tech losing to Liberty. So, that's all I'll say. Um, do you want to move on to our – other game at that time, which is North Carolina at Duke.
0: Yeah. I say we move on to that one. Um, Tobacco road rivalry. I mean, I think if, if UNC didn't lose last week, Dan, I may have been a little bit more on upset watch Duke loves to play North Carolina close, but yeah, I have a feeling that Sam Howell is going to try to throw for 700 yards this weekend Uh, Michael Carter might rush for 300 and I have a feeling Chase Bryce might throw 12 interceptions, obviously all over exaggerations here, but yeah, I, I'm taking UNC to cover this 10 and a half point spread. I think they win by three scores or more, if I'm being honest, as much as I, you know, love coach Cutcliffe, you've heard me, you know, rant and rant and rant about Duke and their inability to protect the football. Um, They finally did it last week against Charlotte, but also Chase Bryce threw the ball, I think it was like what nine times or something like that last week. Um, He's going to have to be able to throw the ball to beat this North Carolina team. And um, he's not mobile like Brennan Armstrong is, who obviously was able to have some success as well as Henry Hooker, was able to against this Tar Heel defense. So, yeah, I I think North Carolina is going to win this one pretty big. What about you, Dan?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, If you look at North Carolina's schedule this year, um, I mean – they started off with two kind of underwhelming wins. Then they had a really signature win against Virginia Tech, Letdown loss. Then another signature win, let down loss. So if we're going to kind of keep with that trend, this is a time to have a signature convincing win. Um, so I really think they're going to beat the brakes out of their opponent. And Duke just happens to be the one that's in the way of that. So I agree with that completely. Give me UNC and give me them covering the 11 and a half point spread.
0: Yeah, I just think in, in the end this is a matchup nightmare for for Duke. So sign me up here to to go with the the tar heels in this one. I just this is this is gonna be one of those games where it's a rivalry game, so anything could happen, but I just think that, you know, Duke's finally got a win off the board. I don't see them winning too straight. And, you know, UNC's gonna come out fired up after what happened, you know, not too long ago. So That's kind of where my thoughts are at here, Dan.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people will point to the fact that like North Carolina has flaws such as, you know, there are a few things that can make it interesting such as North Carolina's defense. Um, But I I just don't think Duke's offense is good enough to really exploit their flaws. I mean, I do expect Deion Jackson and company to have a nice day. If you look at Deion Jackson lately, he's kind of broken out the last – three games he has over 300 yards total over those three games so um maybe he could have success running but i i don't think you could keep up with unc's offense i your big thing is like taking care of the ball my big thing is being multi-dimensional on offense and if you're going to be one-dimensional you're only going to be able to run the ball against unc you're not going to keep up with them on the scoreboard so that's what i'm feeling but then again an, another thing that could make it interesting is that Sam Howell his weakness is holding on to the ball too long. And Duke actually, believe it or not, even though they can't um, keep points off the board, which is mostly due to their offense actually, but Duke believe it or not has one of the best pass rushes in the country. And we were talking about that before the year and Duke has somehow found a way to keep that reputation while still not having a good defense. So Sam Howell, if he holds on to the ball too long, I mean, there's that could be problems. He could get sacked several times. The only problem is they could beat you in so many different ways besides their downfield passing. I mean, heck, if you watched the Virginia game last week, quick slants of De'Ami Brown, he's gone, like, if you miss one tackle. So um, there's that. And then there's also their running back combination, which Charles Snowden, the Virginia linebacker, put it perfectly – Thunder and lightning with um, Javante Williams being the thunder, the big powerful back. And then Michael Carter is lightning with like the speed that he brings. I really like that analogy that Charles Snowden said. So there's that they've speed at receiver. There's just so many different ways. UNC will beat you. Plus they're going to come out pissed off after last week. So um, that's kind of what I'm feeling. I, I agree on UNC by more at least 14 if not more
0: yeah so obviously moving on now I think we should just kind of you know again North Carolina should win this game with with no problem but let's talk a I wouldn't say underrated game but I guess it's a big game in terms of to kind of just solidify Boston College at that middle of the pack you know center of the of the conference kind of thing and obviously this is a game that if you're a Boston College fan you are expecting to win with the Eagles being a 14 point uh, Road favorite going to the carrier dome to play a Syracuse team who has not looked very good as of late. Um, Dan, the Clemson effect we've talked about it over and over again. Does that potentially hurt the Eagles here against Syracuse? I'm going to say Syracuse will cover 14, it's a little high for me, but I'm going to uh, actually, I don't know, I don't know if I want to take the Clemson effect because Syracuse just looked really, really bad, Dan. Uh, yeah. what do you on this one because I, I don't, I don't really think Boston College wins it's just a matter of how
1: much so I had a BC fan ask me kind of the same thing like this could be a trap game and my initial thought was definitely not um but I thought about it a little bit and yes you brought the Clemson effect plus Syracuse is a little better at home than on the road but no um I think I think Boston College should be able to handle this one outright too. Um, I, I think what, I, based on what I've been talking to Syracuse fans, and they've been very frustrated about this, but it seems like Rex Pulp, Culpepper will be their guy over Jacoby and Morgan. Um, Morgan was the true freshman that came in and played pretty sharply um, F in garbage time against uh, Wake, which, you know, I mean – a, it was garbage time, but, you know, to see any Syracuse quarterback this year do that is definitely a change, but, you know, they say Dino Baber is just pretty stubborn in terms of bringing in true freshmen. So the fact that Rex Culpepper will be the quarterback for Syracuse, I really don't see him leading the team to victory, especially after how awful he was last week. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm definitely feeling Boston college outright. Um, but because of the Clemson effect, give me Syracuse against a fourteen-point spread.
0: Yeah, I think that in the end, you know, this Boston College team is honestly a very good football team, and they're just they're they're much better than Syracuse, especially right now. Um, no, no disrespect to Rex Culpepper and that Syracuse team, but uh, the Clemson effect is definitely going to play a role in this one. But I don't I don't see how the Eagles don't win this one. I mean, Basically, in my opinion, if Boston College loses this game, this isn't, it doesn't change the fact that Jeff Halfley is a great hire by any means. But winning this game is exactly what Boston College needs to kind of just – you know because that's the thing with Boston College. They always found ways to lose games that they shouldn't have lost, and it happens every year. I mean, the Kansas game last year, you know, this is that game where, you know, if you're a Boston College fan, you need to win this one. Um, just to, like, kind of get rid of those kind of nightmares of just – random poor upsets and of course i would like to think this boston college team is going to be a little fired up to play after coming so close to knocking off clemson last week so i mean that's kind of my only like look towards this game but any other thoughts dan or shall we move on to pitt and florida state
1: yeah i mean this will be hopefully not a a game that they sleepwalk before notre dame i I don't think they will i think they're just so well coached and halfway will not let that happen um I do think the BC offense could potentially get slowed down a bit. Um, I do think they score uh, enough points, but the Syracuse defense, or I, I guess they're secondary because they, they're not good against the run, but I guess their are secondary has kept pretty much every quarterback in check enough so that they don't throw for like 400 yards. I mean, even Sam Howell. I'm not saying that Dracovic won't have a, won't have a good day, but I don't think he's going to absolutely go off is what I'm saying. But yeah, I I did mention that how much Syracuse has struggled against the run. It might be another situation like the Georgia Tech game where the defense just makes the BC offense look like they've had an elite run game all year, which was which is just not the case. They've really struggled to get the run game going, and that one game that the running backs looked good was against Georgia Tech, and that might be the case again 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 against Syracuse. Um, but, yeah, that, that's really my only look to the game also. Um, I'll be interested to see a little bit in the Syracuse offense. Now they have two backs, Cooper Lutz and Sean Tucker, kind of see how they split carries. But, yeah, that's really it. Um, it'll be something we'll kind of have to watch to see what happens. Um, this is a mid-afternoon game. I think Pitt Florida State, which is the next one, is also mid-afternoon, Correct.
0: Yes, it's that one's four o'clock. Um, obviously this pit game or excuse me, it's supposed to call it game is at two o'clock.
1: So oh okay. So I'll be able to watch a lot of most. Or Mm -hmm. most of yeah, I'll be able to watch most of both. But yeah, um, we can move on. Pit Florida State. I mean, Kenny Pickett not supposed to play once again. So um I guess Florida State being projected to win does make sense, but I'll let you give your thoughts first.
0: Yeah, Florida State is a two-point favorite. Kind of felt strange, but on the flip side, I, I, I think there's something happening behind the scenes, Dan, at Pitt. And not in like a super negative way. I think Pitt may have quit. I really do. We were talking about it. Um, you know, I was concerned of ours, you know, with everything that's happened with Pitt. Obviously getting blown out to Notre Dame, will they quit? Well, Paris Ford just quit not obviously quit football forever, but he has now foregone the rest of the season to focus on his NFL career. And it, there's been a decent amount. Maybe there's three or four guys that have gone to the transfer portal in the last couple of weeks for Pitt. I just think that, yeah, this, this pit program, this pit might be, it's not as bad as the Louisville team from a few years ago, but it could be pretty close when it came comes to just a pretty talented team. Obviously, we're looking at a backup quarterback in Yellen playing for Pitt, and I just think that Florida State needs this win, and I think they're going to have more motivation than Pitt will. Um, This game being at Joe Campbell will help because Florida State does not care about COVID, so they will have about 40,000 people in that stadium. So (laughs) it will be one of those things where I think – Florida State wins. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say they coverage because I think a field goal or more is what's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna be a one point game or anything like that, though. With Pitts luck, it probably will be.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That I could definitely see that happening. Another pit one point loss. But I mean at this point their fans have mostly checked out and um it's not pit football, it's Pitt football, actually, because their soccer team is ranked number one in the country. So that's really what they're looking at. Or really in In reality, it's the Steelers who are looking really good. But anyway, um, to this game against Florida State, um, I actually – so we've been on the same page pretty much the entire podcast. We're going to stay on the same page here. Um, I'm actually going to give the Knowles a win by a touchdown, so give me Florida State minus one and a half as well as you. But I'm going to make this my lock of the week too. Um, The thing about Pitt – let you basically said this like they've had disappointment in the past, but the great thing about Narduzzi was he was always able to get his guys fired up. And the thing is, I think he has lost momentum on that. And the opt out of Harris Ford is a pretty good indicator of that. Um, like Narduzzi, I, I'm kind of afraid he's going to lose his recruiting momentum as well. And things are really on the downfall in the long term with him at Pitt. So I mean, it's not really positive signs around the program like now as it was um, before this year started. And yeah, Joey Ellen really hasn't been the guy this year. At least he hasn't shown much. Like, I think he does still have potential because if he played like he did that one game back at Arizona State where he started and played the entire game, I think it was against USC and he threw a couple interceptions, but... I think he had like 350 yards and the team put up a decent amount of points. They ended up losing by a couple, but it wasn't a bad team that they played. So I, I think if things go similar to that game, then Pitt has a chance. But even so, if Pitt's able to score points, I just, I don't trust a secondary now without Paris Ford. So um, I'm definitely feeling Florida State in this one. Plus there's a chance that, Zero one or two of Hamsa Nasrill Dean and on Terry will be back for Florida State this week. I mean, it seems like it they will be, but Mike Norvell did not give much of an indication. A reporter asked him how he felt on both of them on a scale from one to five, and he said somewhere in between one and five. So not exactly sure on that, but I think even without both of them that Florida State should be able to handle this one.
0: Yeah. This is This is definitely going to be a toilet bowl game, Dan. I'm I'm not really looking forward to, uh, to watching this one, uh, in terms of just, it could be very, I mean, I guess it could be so ugly. It's beautiful, but yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be a tough one. It's also, there's a chance of pretty heavy rain. So that could just make it 20 times better. So yeah, that's, uh. That's my thoughts, Stan. I don't really want to dive in too much more. I kind of we may I might spend a little more time talking about it afterwards when we've kind of seen if Pitt is really you know done and if we're, or if Florida State's just that bad, but I'm kind of ready to talk about the obvious game of the week. Obviously not the game of the week light like Liberty and Virginia Tech, with number one Clemson heading to South Bend to play at number four Notre Dame. And I was going to say they're heading there with their backup quarterback, but technically Trevor Lawrence is traveling. He's just not
1: so so is the deal that he's able like he, he can't be an emergency backup but he's not in quarantine anymore that's what it sounds like i mean it, so he just hasn't
0: practiced to be able to get his he's not gonna be able to get his cardiographic screening that they have to do or whatever to make sure there's no issues with his lungs and heart and stuff like that oh okay. but he can travel i guess he's Tested negative three times or whatever the number is. Now he's showing no symptoms. So, um, literally, the only thing that's stopping him is the inability to get that test done in time, which I mean, I thought maybe he might be able to pull it off by Saturday, but honestly, credit to Clemson for not trying to rush this. I mean, I get it. You want to win the football game, but I still, I'm really, really salty about the whole Nick Saban thing where he was able to come back four days later magically, where guys got to sit for three weeks in the Big Ten. But at the same time, you know, I think Clemson with Uwe Unglele, I've been practicing that, Dan. I can't say it fast, but we'll get there eventually. Um, You know, I I think that he's still better than Ian Book. Yes. A hot take. (laughs) I don't know. but I agree. I think that when it comes down to it, obviously this Notre Dame defense is phenomenal. I think they're the better defense in this game as well. If I'm being honest, but I think mixed with obviously Travis Etienne. Clemson always has that one regular season game where they're ready to go at all cylinders, and they got a wake up call last week. So this team's going to come out firing. I think Clemson's going to cover the five point spread. I think they win by two scores. I think they kind of, as much as I kind of preach it, Notre Dame's not as overrated as everyone says because it's not fair to compare Notre Dame. Like if you're the number four team in the country this year, Dan, it's not fair because you are a step or two below the top three teams. Ohio State, Clemson and Alabama are leagues better than anyone else in the country. So in Notre Dame's defense, I think they're up there in that conversation for the fourth best team or that fourth best team, no matter who it is, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Oregon, whoever you wanna say it is, Cincinnati, they're not the same level. So, um, you know, I, I think that Clemson's gonna find a way to win this one, but what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, which is why, what based on what you just said, which is why if Notre Dame is able to win, then they, they are for sure a playoff team in addition to Clemson, um, assuming that Clemson beats them back in the ACC championship game. Um, but, yeah, so I, I talked to a lot of sports bettors, and they tell me the best way to make money is to exploit an overreaction over one week. So the spread started out three and a half in favor of Clemson or something like that. And I guess the public was on the same page because um, I guess what they thought was that the line completely overreacted to one kind of mad week by Clemson against Boston College. So um, the line, everyone pounded the line. It went all the way up to seven and a half. And even even at seven and a half and a half, I think Clemson covers um, because it went up four points. It's not going to be my lock. My lock was the um, Florida State, but. Yeah, I definitely am pretty confident Clemson wins by multiple possessions. Um, I I think this team is more talented when it comes to the skill positions, really on both sides. And, yes, there's no Trevor Lawrence, but I agree with you. I I was definitely thinking about this, too, and I'm very much inclined to say I'd rather have DJU than Ian Book. Heck, I've heard that, um, you know, most most of my followers are – I guess about half of them, you know, think that if we're ranking ACC quarterbacks, there's Trevor Lawrence, there's Sam Howell. And then there, there might be DJU at three. So, I mean, that says a lot. I think he's still a step below Sam Howell. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see because this will be DJU where we'll really let him loose, not really throwing short passes or anything because Notre Dame defense could crowd underneath your you're going to have to be aggressive with him. And he's shown some good downfield accuracy. He had a couple of nice passes to ETN, but yeah, I'm I'm taking Clemson. Also keep in mind that when Clemson wants to shut up the world and make a statement, that is exactly what they do. Look at the ACC championship last game where people were saying, if Virginia keeps it close, then Clemson shouldn't make the playoffs. Even if Clemson wins the game, they end up being undefeated as a power five team. People were saying Clemson, Shouldn't make the playoffs. So Clemson really needed to make a statement. And what do they do? They hang 60. So um, I, I'm really confident in Clemson here. Obviously, this is game of the week and this will be really exciting. And I'm so, and I'm almost glad in a way that I won't have to exert some of my focus onto Louisville, Virginia, because I do want to see that game. But this game will be completely overshadowed by Notre Dame Clemson. So I'm almost glad in a way. But yeah, th- this will be a phenomenal one. But I'm still pretty confident that Clemson will be able to take care of business.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I, I was thinking we, that we should spend a lot of time previewing this game, but I feel like it's been talked about for so long that it's almost just like oh, let's stop talking and let's let them play. Um, I don't know if that, that's how you feel, Dan, but I just feel like. No matter what we say, we know Notre Dame's defense is great. We know Clemson's offense with Travis Etienne is better. It's really just what are we going to get from DJU? So, you know, I mean, I think Clemson's going to come out and put in some work. Um, This will be interesting to say the least. Um, I also thought it was funny Notre Dame will not allow, if you have a ticket to this game, if you're a Notre Dame donor, you are not allowed to sell it. So um, the only orange we probably will see will be parents of Clemson fans. That's probably why they didn't let it sell. I bet you Clemson fans would have paid a pretty penny to come to this one. So, yeah, um, honestly, this, this will be a great game. Like you said, I mean, it's unfortunate we lost Louisville, Virginia, but I kind of agree, Dan. I can't wait to just have my sole focus ACC-wise to be solely on this Notre Dame-Clemson game. But any other thoughts on this one, Dan?
1: Um, I mean, no, not really. I I agree. Like let him play because I mean, I, we spent like a normal amount of time on this right now, but we've basically been talking about this, like a little bit alluding to it every single episode, like even since the preseason, since, since basically we found out that Notre Dame's going to be playing in the ACC this year. And actually before that, because Clemson was playing Notre Dame in the first place. So yeah. Um, you know, it'll be a good one. Probably. I mean, it's weird to say this because Ian book is not phenomenal, but it's probably the best battle of quarterbacks as uh, of the ACC games this week. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Definitely not Pitt, Florida state, definitely not Boston college Syracuse, maybe Liberty and Virginia tech with Malik Willis and Hendon hooker. But I mean, yeah, this, that's all I have to say. So, um, do you have any other thoughts on this week as a whole? Maybe any questions or anything? No,
0: I mean, I think this is I think going to be one of those weeks where I don't have a lot of – I mean, I have questions, I guess. Like, I mean, is Notre Dame legit? Is Clemson able to win without Trevor Lawrence? But at the same time, I mean, uh, as long as – you know, I, I think, honestly, the, the game that questions me the most is Virginia Tech. Can they beat Liberty?
1: And that's literally
0: my only thing is can Virginia Tech –
1: just take care of business. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I think as an ACC but, fan, like we don't have much vested interest. Obviously we want to see Clemson win because Notre Dame is not a full-time member, but Clemson will still make the playoffs if they lose. And even if Notre Dame wins like that might be a nice step in the right direction. Like you said earlier on the show that Notre Dame could join the ACC. So I agree. Like our only vested interest as ACC fans is really to see Virginia Tech. <laughs> Beat Liberty. Hopefully, blow the brakes off of Liberty.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. But with that being said, Dan, that's all I've got. Um, remember, everyone, please wear a mask. Stay safe. Um, obviously, we're still all awaiting the election. So this college football has, like, Maxion last night was a great escape from all this craziness. So everybody, just stay safe. Love each other. I mean, we're all we're all Americans. We're all we're all the same. We're all ACC fans. No matter if you for state or Carolina. If you want to, if you don't want to be friends because you're friends a Duke fan and you're a Carolina fan, that's fine. But when it comes to politics, just try to understand everyone's got a different perspective. I mean, for goodness sakes, no one likes a Carolina fan. Oops, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that as a Wake fan. I'm sorry. No one likes Wake fans either. So with that being said, Dan, I appreciate it. Uh, everyone stay safe. And uh, as always, just means a little less and go ACC.